The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books. The Cowboys go big on the defensive side of the ball while the Bears pull off a first-round shocker. Did they finally trade up and get their franchise quarterback? And the Raiders with a surprising reach in the first round. What the hell were you thinking, Chucky? Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Boy, how exciting is this? With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the My Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback of Ohio State. Oh, is right. Woo-hoo-hoo. We've had a few O's. O's and O's, baby. Holy cow, what a draft. Holy shnikes, dude. This is the Monday Morning Couch Potatoes draft. Recap. Recap. <laughs> I know you were looking thinking, what am I going to say there? You know, you don't, you're, not a, you're not a thesaurus boy. I like it. But I know what you have. Yes. This is going to be a fun one to talk about the draft. Got to have a nice cold brewski. We do the same. <sighs> Slurping it like I'm 12. There you go. So we have a, a draft in the books for the Chicago Bears and the Raiders and the Cowboys and the other 29 teams in the uh, or 28 teams, I should say. 29 teams in the NFL. What do you think, man? How about it? Are you excited? Well, we talked a little bit about this last week. We talked thought, a lot about it. We thought maybe, do, you know, it, would it be smart for them to trade up? Can they trade up? Would there be a quarterback to possibly trade up to? Yeah. Or yeah, should they cool. hang tight, stay put, maybe make some, you know, picks down the road that's going to help their offensive line because we know defensively they're pretty sound even though they've lost a couple of players you know the help with the cap and stuff mm-hmm. cap casualties yeah you're right i said it i was the one of the ones that said it last week that i didn't think the bears should trade up because you know i mean i think i just felt we had too many holes and didn't want to lose any more draft capital i mean we haven't had a first round draft pick in the last two drafts right yeah, because of Khalil Mack, um, but the Bears they give up a, a fifth round this year, and of course our first rounder next year, and I think another fourth rounder um, to get Fields. But wow, I mean, I it, you know I guess a part of me, man, I was actually talking to Kevin about this. You know, I'm uh, my son. We were talking talking the draft. He's actually excited about this, and he's not even really a Bear fan. So that just kind of shows you how just one player, um, you know, could could breathe new life into a franchise 
um, in the way that, that uh, Justin Fields has. Um, and I think when you really look at it, you know, what they had to give up in order to get him, um, it's not as bad as I think it could have been. Yeah, we had to give up another first-round draft pick, but um, I think if they were going to get up into the top 10 to try to get him, yeah. you know, certainly would have probably required some more capital. So I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm cautiously excited. Um, is that the right yeah. way to put it, I think? Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, though, he still has to do his job. Fields got to do his job, but but yeah, um, Pace and Nagy are both on the hook. If this doesn't turn, if they have a mediocre year or less than mediocre, maybe if they had a mediocre year, you could probably keep him along, keep him on for another year. I think. Yeah. It, it, well, when you when you and I were talking, we were saying, you know, um is is this really a situation where you know they said that Andy Dalton's going to be their starter how long do you wait right i was even talking to kevin about that too he's like why would you want to wait until week 5 when you're 2 and 3 you know when you could pull the trigger right off the bat and you know potentially be 4 and 1 or whatever you know after 5 games he's just saying in general you know kind of kind of what we went through with Trubisky in a way but we knew Glennon wasn't necessarily going to be the answer I don't know if, you know, Dalton's certainly not Mike Lennon, but um, this is an interesting situation when the Bears, came, you know, they actually did came out and sa- said he's still our our starter going into 2021. Yeah. Um, but how long do you think that's going to last? Well, it, you know? that depends on the schedule, I guess. Also depends, and listen, we've, just a few short years ago, we went through this whole thing before, trading up to get a quarterback. Didn't we? We sure did. And I think we. I think it would. We pay some homage to trading up to get a quarterback. I think we should right now. Actually, let's go ahead and do that. The play. We have our first trade of the night, and it is not uh, somebody from the uh, bottom of the top ten moving up. It's the Bears moving up one spot. As the fans here are learning the details, they gave up a third and a fourth this year and a third next year with the second pick in the 2017 nfl draft the chicago bears select mitchell trubisky hello mitchell trubisky is going to chicago and he will mentor with mike glennon well, I'm going to be the first one to put my hand up and say I obviously did not see that coming. And I really thought that Chicago was pretty excited about Mike Lennon. Mitch Trubisky, 13-game starter, a little over six foot two, 222 from Ohio. He's got a very quick feet and release. I, I like his accuracy, 67%, 8-5 in his only year as a starter. Ironically, of all the quarterbacks, even though we only played 13 games, I think he's the most ready to play in the NFL. Wow. He's the most ready to play in the NFL. What were we thinking back then? I mean, 8-5 well, and five, or 5-8 yeah. and eight, or whatever his record was. 13 eight games. Five. Yeah. You know, and that's funny because – you think about you and I were talking about this earlier. You have this. We trade up for a quarterback. We did it th- four years ago. How'd that work out for us? And I'm glad you played that clip because it's interesting when you look at how people react to the pick 
now versus how they reacted to the, to the Trubisky pick. And it's a monster. It's, it's a very measurable, different response, right? Yeah. When you think about how they reacted then about how they, the ESPN and NFL and a lot of the folks were, were um, reacting to fields getting picked for the, with this trade. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, I mean, we, we've gone through this before. The question though, is I know, from a quarterback standpoint, Mitch Trubisky is fast. He's nimble. He's he can maneuver. So is Fields. Kind of got the same style player, right? You think? Uh, well, I mean, take out well, what you've known. Just just take out what we've gone through. But just as far as draft goes, very. I guess. Mitch did not play in the big games, obviously. He didn't play against Alabama. He didn't play against Notre Dame. He didn't play against Michigan. He didn't play against a lot of the teams that Fields has played, which is I right there is a huge upgrade. Just comparing yeah. quarterback from right from draft, huge upgrade. You've got a, a, a quarterback that can maneuver, that ha- can throw the long ball. So can Mitch. But at the end of the day, though, as... Justin Fields says he's there to to win games. He's there to do the best he can to make sure that Chicago is the best in the best position. And he's played the big games. I mean, he has. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. I mean, you look at how people, I mean, people had Mitch Trubisky ranked high in their draft class. Let's not make let's not make any mistake about that. It wasn't like the Bears took a quarterback that was supposed to be taking in the in the sixth round with the second overall pick. Okay. Trubisky was number one on several you know boards out there. Okay. So in terms of field, many not only had fields listed as the the number two QB behind Trevor Lawrence, but most boards had him easily in the top five overall for talent. Ron. So, you know, he's had, you're right. He's had some monster games in his career against some great talent, a defensive talent, including um, this past season, sugar bowl win over Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in Clemson. Right. Yep. Now, granted he's not playing, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't on defense, but you know, he threw what 300 and something yards in that game, six touchdowns. He accounted for another six touchdowns last season and a win over Rutgers. I remember that game, mm-hmm. um, but he's also had some stinkers too, Ron. You know, especially when he's been up against some pretty significant talent on defense. He struggled this past year against a good upstart um, Indiana defense. He threw three picks, and I think he was sacked like five times in that game. Um, that game against Northwestern, I watched that game. That's he threw. That was the uh, Big Ten championship. Yeah, I think. And he threw, you know, two interceptions. That's actually the only game in his Ohio State career that he didn't account for a single touchdown during that hard-fought win. Um, that they had over the Wildcats. Uh, but the good certainly outweighs the bad with him, right? I mean, you've yeah. got a good resume. The 2019 season alone, right, was just phenomenal. So he's he's that's what makes it exciting when you think about getting him behind um, center for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Um, all the stuff you said as far as comparisons to Trubisky, I mean, there's a lot of things I think are a little bit different. Justin Fields, I mean, he's quick, he's elusive, He's got a tremendous deep ball. You're right. It's very accurate. 
Um, the only thing that seems to, and again, I, like I said earlier, I'm being cautiously optimistic. The only thing that sort of has bubbled up on why he may have slipped as much as he had or why he didn't get considered, you know, at, at, you know, maybe the lions or the Panthers or even the Broncos when they were available, um, is his worth ethic work ethic has taken a hit recently, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, that last one in first one out guy is being talked to talked about, um, so hopefully that's either just, you know, a little over exaggeration of, of how he handles himself or something that can be easily remedied, or that's a chip on his shoulder type thing to be like, you know what, I'm going to show people that any negative, uh, comment about my work ethic is bullshit. Right. So yeah. you're hoping it's that, and you don't have your something like a disaster on your hands, um, you know, either off the field or in the lo- in the, uh, uh, the locker room or the video room or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. Well, there's some other ESPN analysts that have some thoughts about Justin Fields. Uh, let's play one. Mel Kuyper, let's go. Get the Windy City, you need the big arm, and Justin Fields has the big arm. He's got tremendous ability with his legs to beat you. Think about number one player, along with Trevor Lawrence, one and one A coming out of high school, goes to Georgia, then he leaves. There got Jake Fromm, you go to over to the Ohio State, got all that pressure, and you respond to that. 2019, I think people forgot about 2019, how great he was. And then after everybody questioned him, what he did here against Ohio State, against Clemson with Ohio State with those guys, underdog, handling that Clemson Tiger defense effectively. In that game, you think about throwing for 385 yards, six touchdowns, and the one interception. First quarterback in Big Ten history, though, 40 touchdowns, rushed for 10 in a season, did that in 2019. There you go. So there you go. Mel, Mel basically said the same thing. He's talking about, you know, 2019 alone was enough to, you know, I think he had 41 touchdowns and like, three interceptions or five interceptions or something crazy like that. Um, that's the, the big thing with him, Ron, is I think he, he's got, you know, his ceiling is high, right? He's a, he's a threat in the run game, which isn't really anything the bears have had, even with Trubisky. Yes. Trubisky was a mobile quarterback, but he wasn't a threat. You weren't, you know, you didn't see him get into the second tier of that defense and people go, Oh no. Yeah. Right. Yeah, could he scramble and make some plays with his legs? No question about it. Um, but, you know, just texting with some buddies, man, they brought up some good points. Do we have yeah. to be concerned about the Chicago Bears not really, this current staff not really understanding how to best use somebody like like Fields, right? Are they going to adapt and tap, in, tap into his talents versus trying to squeeze a, a round peg into a square hole or a square peg into a round hole. However, that said, yeah, um, you know, and that's that's the that's the worry that I think people have. It's not as if you know, it's not like the situation in Jacksonville where you got Urban Meyer coming in there fresh with Trevor Lawrence, and this is a brand new relationship that they can grow and and yeah. develop. This yeah. is you know a head coach like Nagy that's been sort of stuck in his the way he does things. You know, I don't well, know. That's I the mean, thing that makes me a little nervous. I think this uh, quarterback pickup was a naggy choice i i think oh yeah well, i think naggy, all of them yeah yeah i think naggy you know you gotta think he coach naggy was on the kansas city chiefs when they picked up patrick mahomes he had to have had some say since he was the offensive the oc 
for Kansas City. He had to have some say on on mm-hmm. picking that kid up. What he saw, his tangibility, his tangibles, mm-hmm. which for people that don't know tangibles, man, that's you know potentially for Patrick Mahomes, you know his work ethic, his drive. Does he want to win? You know things that should that are not taught. Tangibles are things that are internally just given to you naturally, almost like God's gift in a sense. Does he have the tangibles to to make the Chicago Bears better? So Nagy had to have seen that in in Mahomes, and I would hope that he saw it in in Fields. The saving grace, I think, for the Chicago Bears is that he dropped to eleventh. We were actually mm-hmm. able to trade. Remember, we talked about this in a previous podcast. We said, you know, would Detroit trade out of the position they're in? And would they want to trade with the Bears and help them out? And we saw Philly and Dallas do a trade, which I think at the I think that helped us, right? The Philly Dallas flip. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it did because the Giants were most likely going to be taking Devontae Smith in that in that uh, position, right? Yeah. There's no question. And the Eagles, realizing that, jumped ahead and took um, and took Devontae Smith there, and that put the Giants in a position knowing that okay, their guy. We now we now can slide back, get some additional draft capital. We can slide back, still get one of our second choices for wide receiver if if need be right yeah um you know so they they went ahead and they that absolutely helped us you're you're correct and that the, the eagles jumping in there and taking smith who again a lot of boards a lot of grades a lot of mocks you know when it comes you know as far as ranking the talent Devonte smith was probably right up there right behind trevor lawrence and um you know maybe you put kyle pitts ahead of him you know, you got Lawrence and Kyle Pitts probably at the top. Devontae Smith is right there with Jamar Chase and and those guys right there. So here you got them jumping ahead and grabbing that guy who the Giants were hoping would slide to them. Um, so it just tells you, I guess, that the Cowboys hate the Giants more than they hate the Eagles. <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they did a trade with them to screw the Giants. But, yeah, then that gave us the opportunity to jump forward and get our guy. And it also makes you wonder, you know, how, how are the Patriots looking at this? Right. You know, they knew they were obviously looking to take a quarterback that looks like they were probably in on Mac Jones. Were they concerned the bears were going to potentially take Mac Jones? You know, how would the landscape have changed if, if uh, somehow the Patriots had enough to offer to jump ahead of um, the bears and then make their choice? Yeah. And would it have been Mac Jones? Was Jones their first choice? Many people say it was. Um, so I don't know. That's, but yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely a a situation where they would have taken him. Um, and and you know, you talk about the Lions. You, you brought up the Lions because I know you said we we talked about them trading. They scored big time, man. Yeah. For Panay Sewell to fall to them at number seven, they didn't. I think they were like, look, we we got to take this guy. I mean, you know, he's going to he's going to be there for for to protect Goff and whoever else needs, you know, they maybe get down the road. Um they scored big getting him falling all the way down to there. I can't believe the Bengals did not take him. I get they wanted to get some some weapons for Burrow, 
but you can't Burrow can't throw to anybody if he's laying on his back. Yeah. You know, that was a shocker for me. I, I couldn't believe that they passed on him. Yeah, you're absolutely so. right. I mean, you're you're talking about, you know, how did Joe Burrow get hurt anyways? <laughs> he got clobbered. He got clobbered. And you had an opportunity to pick up somebody that can protect him, but you go with a wide receiver because, I mean, you can get another wide receiver. Yeah. Right? I, absolutely. I mean, I and I get that he was, you know, the good good player. No question about it. Um. But I was I was really surprised by that move. Yeah, I mean so. we, we should be thankful for some of these moves that happened. Like I said, the um, the Philadelphia Eagles switching with Dallas actually gave us the opportunity to leapfrog into the Giants' position number eleven, and just to see Justin Fields drop to eleventh. I mm-hmm. I guess I mean technically, where would he, where else would he have fallen under? I mean I'm looking at the board. I I guess Denver could have. Denver should have picked him. Really? Yeah, yeah. That that surprised me a bit. I mean, I, how high is Denver on Teddy Bridgewater, who they just acquired? Do they really feel that he's their guy? Or, um, you know, Denver needed a lot of help. There's no question about it. They needed a lot of help, especially in the defensive backfield. Patrick Sertan is is a good pick there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that was a shocker when they went cornerback right there. That's when you know, kind of my ears perked up, and I went, "Wait a minute." This yeah. is going to get interesting now because you, you know that the the Cowboys don't need a quarterback. The Giants aren't going to go quarterback. The yep. Eagles are probably you know pretty good, pretty set with with um, with their guy. Um, and that then you start getting into the the Chargers or where they were, and then the, I think the Jets had the 14th pick. Although that, I know that was a trade. Um, and then, but the Jets had already gotten their quarterback. They're not going right. to back to back. They're not going to go for a quarterback. They weren't you trading figure back Patriots up. Patriots and Raiders and Washington. But Patriots and Washington for sure. Yeah, for sure. You would, yeah, you would think that the quarter, what those two guys are not sliding. You know, and we we just talked about the last week. There's no way that Fields or Mac Jones were sliding to the Bears at 20. So if they wanted them, they'd have to make a move. And I didn't yeah. want to make a move because I didn't want to lose out of that capital. Well, once he dropped into, you know, into an area right there where outside of it, the top it, 10, first off, yeah, I mean, yeah, for, for yeah. money wise, that's that's huge, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, you're looking so. at 1.5 million versus, or you're looking at 3 million versus 6 million. You know, that's. That's pretty significant. Yeah, talking about, you're talking about the, the money paid out. Yeah, no question. No question. So, But you you did have some good, you know, when, when we were reviewing last week's, when I was listening to last week's podcast, I had to bring up a couple of things that you had mentioned on, on the Chicago Bears. Uh, you mentioned a couple of kids out there that they should take. Well, let's, let's just, you know, let's hear it. My first three rounds for the Bears, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Take him in the first round. You got your offensive tackle. Kairis Tonga, defensive lineman out of BYU. Mm. Wow. (laughs) Two out of your five choices got picked. We didn't see Justin Fields on the book. Didn't see that. Didn't see that. No. No, you're right. My my mock draft, I'd said it. I said for them to sit there and... For them, so the fact that they were able to trade up and get fields and still land a stud offensive tackle must mean Pace is a much better GM than well, I am. Well, they had a, they had it. Well, they had a trade up to get him. 
Wait, did I say that? Did I actually just say that? Uh, the pace is, I need to get run over by the smack wagon. Yeah. Um, I'll admit it, Ron. I watched a lot of college football this past season, but I wasn't really watching the offensive linemen. So all I really had gotten on Jenkins is what I was able to see on the highlight reels this past week. And man, I am, I'm telling you, dude, I am super excited about this kid. I really am. And he's mean. And I don't mean he's, you know, uh, Conrad Dobler mean, right? He's not dirty, but yeah. he's incredibly strong and the and the epitome of goal going balls out on uh, until you hear the whistle. Every play. That's yeah. What, yeah. I mean, his nastiness kind of reminds me of what we had when we had Kyle Long when he was on the offensive line, right? We're, we don't have that. We're missing some of that. So um, really why I was kind of high on him, you know, I know that we talked about Darisol from Virginia Tech and um, uh, what's his name? Mayfield from Michigan who, man, he fell hard. Yeah. So uh, not sure what that's all about, but uh, but nonetheless, yeah, Jenkins was 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 uh, definitely a big pick for them. Um, you know, let's real quick let's run through the other guys. I don't know if you saw who else they got. They got that kid Borum. Uh, the um, what was his name? Larry Borum out of Missouri, offensive line again. It, you know, this is a guy I didn't see a lot of for obvious reasons, and that's not because I did I didn't watch Missouri football. It's because you know which I didn't. But because even if I did, I'm not watching the O-line. But it seems yeah. like the Bears are excited about him from a run game perspective anyway. It seems like he's versatile. He can go just about anywhere on the line. Yeah. So they felt pretty good about his pickup. Where'd they get him? That was in the fifth round because they traded their – that's right. They traded their third to move up to get Jenkins. Yeah, so, so, so that was yeah. in the fifth round. Larry Borm is uh, OT out of Missouri. Yeah, yeah. And then their next two picks – so you saw who they they got they their next two picks were uh, offensive side and for the most part and I was kind of texting with one of our potato heads here Chuck on this um, also special teams because Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech yep you know I didn't see him in a game but but he did rush over for a thousand yards a season for uh, Virginia Tech after he transferred from I think Kansas uh, but he can return kicks Ron so with Patterson now gone. And with the questions on how good Cohen is going to be when he comes back from that ACL tear, yep. this seems like a good pickup. This is getting a lot of high marks for the Bears because it's going to help with special teams. And it's also going to help, obviously, in the backfield with Montgomery and Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Daz Newsom, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Th- I'm telling you, dude, this might be one of those picks where we look back and we say, damn, that was a steal. Because I didn't see too much of him last season other than the bowl game against Texas Tech. And he had a great game. Right, he had a, I remember him. He had a monster diving catch in that game, and mm-hmm. I know he had a touchdown. And the, the, they lost in that game to the Aggies. But I watched some highlight film on him after we got drafted him mm-hmm. yesterday. I, I watched the film yesterday. Yeah, dude, he's very elusive, man. He's he's got excellent field vision. I mean, they, they, this actually he makes guys miss. And again, with Cohen's health being a question mark, he returns punts. He ran like a four three something at at his pro day, dude. So he's fast. Yeah, he's fast. So you know they they not only solved, and he's going to be a slot receiver. I think he's five eleven, buck ninety something. So he's he plays in the slot. But it's funny because um, they used him a lot with like the jet sweeps and receiver screens, which our potato head fan Steve hates the wide receiver screen. Well, so do we. <sighs> We do too. We do too. Yeah. But if the Bears can run it as good as North Carolina was able to run it with Newsom, then we might be looking uh, to be pretty happy with that. Well, so I don't know. I'm I'm excited about those two guys, and then um, the the uh, cornerback 
that they got in the sixth round. I think it was late in the sixth. Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon. Correct. Actually, it was about um, seven picks after Daz Newsom. So yeah, two twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So they had a lot. Of, yeah, they had a lot of picks there in the sixth round. And and I'll tell you what, this is another one. And I again, I know that this is all talk until these guys are on the field. Right. You mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. These guys still have to play. Yeah. <laughs> they still have to go out there and do their jobs. But a lot of experts are really high on this kid, too. I'm calling him like one of the top cornerbacks in football heading into the 2020 season. But guess what? He opted out. He didn't play this past year. So mm-hmm. is that why? Why did he fall so far? I mean, I to me, it couldn't be just because he sat out a year. I mean, that makes little sense to me. So, you know, I'm not saying that we we should expect to see him opposite, you know, starting opposite Jalen Johnson on week one, but this appears to be another late round steal, man. I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see if these, you know, experts out there, these Mel Kuyper and Mel Kuyper uh, castoffs are correct, because if they are, then we're going to be in great shape from a Bears perspective. Well, it's definitely positions we needed to fill, right? Yeah. No, no, I get the yeah, I get the positions and depth and everything, but you're looking for also late, late round steals. And who knows if the last guy, which you meant you uh, played the clip there from our podcast last week that I actually had as one of my late round picks, is uh, uh, Tonga to BYU. I had them picking. Actually, I had I think I had them picking round six, but just on you know based on pure talent, I mean he's a monster run stuffer in the middle of the line. I don't know if you've seen this guy. I mean I see him like a Tank Johnson type. He's big. He's mean. Plugs up the interior. It really takes a couple of blockers to to you know, and he can cause problems in the middle, you know, because he kind of yeah. takes blockers. Um, so I'm hoping he adds some depth and gets into that regular rotation because he he's built. He looks like a classic monster of the midway. You know, we talked a little bit about Steve McMichael last week. How he had that just that big mean look to him. This is what Tonga looks like, right? And I, every time I want him yeah, to do well. I agree. So that mm-hmm. so that every time he gets a sack, we can yell Tonga, Tonga, you know, because I think that's going to be his uh, <laughs> his monster the midway rally call. So, so I'm excited. I, I overall I give the Bears um, uh, some monster freaking swag, dude. I think they they really did well in this draft, and I'm super excited. So. I, I give them a, I give them a solid A. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I wouldn't, uh, I think A is a, I don't think A plus, I think they could have, you know, they needed, they could have gotten a few more, they didn't have enough draft picks is unfortunately. Well, they had, yeah, they had to spend some capital in order to, uh, but what they got to make those plays, what they got for the very few picks that they had, Mm -hmm. I think they got some quality players, potentially some quality players. Especially number 11, Justin Fields. I mean, this is the first time Chicago has selected a first-round quarterback in what? How many years? Oh, that's right. Only 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 four. (laughs) But prior to that, many a few many years prior to that. And then Mr. Irrelevant. Is it it called Mr. Irrelevant, T-Dog? That's the last pick, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. So Mr. Irrelevant was Tampa Bay Buccaneers Grant Stewart, linebacker out of Houston. That's Mr. Stewart. Well, the Bears, well, you know, hey guys, I know that you you couch potato hands uh fans, you potato heads out there want to hear a little snippet. I got a little snippet live from draft day recorded by my son. I want you guys to hear this. I think it's pretty awesome. Here we go. <sighs> 
Yup. Let's see. Yes! 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 The only thing more disappointing is that is T Dog ruining it for my son. Announcing. <laughs> well, my, announcing I was Justin. Watching, mine was a few seconds earlier. Hello. Ripping, ripping the excitement, even though he had some, out of his chest. He, he sounded pretty excited. Ah, oh, I, I, I think I'm the t I'm sorry, but he sounded excited, even though he heard it a little bit earlier. But how cool be, is that? There's, there's yep. an excited couch potato fan right there, baby. Yep. How cool, how cool will it be for the for you know, to him see that live and then have T Dog steal it away by going Justin Fields before he <laughs> announces it. Thanks, T Dog. Yeah, what do you want? Me? What do you want from me? Uh, oh, you know, just being a friend. No, I liked it. I liked it. I thought, you know, at, at once again, at the end of the day, I think the Bears got a solid A. Now we got to jump over to the lonely, happy, but sad place called Las Vegas and mm. talk a little Raiders draft picks. Raiders has a, you know, the Raiders have a lot of issues anyways. You know, we don't have a, a big, you know, we have a quarterback that's, that's decent. We have a really good wide receiver uh, in rugs. We lost Aguilar, who was so-so, but he had a, a great game, a great season. And then we lost, um, I think, an offensive tackle. We sent him back to New England, Trent Brown. I think he's an OT. Mm-hmm. So we lose a really good OT. He didn't he, The fit was not good. But you have the 17th pick overall. And you could have, right? You could have uh, 17th pick. That was was that before New England's pick? No, New England was uh, 15. Oh dang. Okay. So basically, all quarterbacks were off the table at that time. And what would be the top? What would be your available people at that time? Could have taken a Jalen Phillips. Could have taken a Jamin Davis. Um, you could have taken, I'm looking at more like uh, linebacker, defensive ends, uh, offensive tackles. Could have taken a, a could have taken a, a Christian uh, Derrick Shaw. Yeah, could have, pick, could have picked up one of those. But at 17th, the Raiders pick up Alex Leatherwood. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a head scratcher. Sorry. I don't I know. mean they needed it they needed help on the offensive line and they essentially went after you know somebody that wasn't even probably um you know was probably in the lower t- top 10 from an offensive tackle you know um standpoint yeah you know I you look at and, and I went and I looked at a lot of the boards and I'm just like I could not find where these guys where it made sense um you know that they that they went there. That's a huge reach for a guy like Leatherwood. So that's what I didn't quite understand. Um, you had a lot of, you definitely had a situation where, to your point, you just named off several names. But I mean, you know, if you're looking for major need, Christian Darrisaw probably is your pick there. Tevin Jenkins, who you know, obviously he slipped down into the second round. The Bears were able to score him there. Yeah, um, he was rated higher than Leatherwood. Um, but again, you know, I know a lot of this is going to be subjective. Like, you know, what made what made 
uh, you know, Jenkins fall so far, what made Leatherwood rise so much. And there's always these type of picks out there with the question marks. But, um, God, I, I would have, I would have gone Caleb Farley there before I went Leatherwood from a cornerback perspective. Greg Newsom was there. I mean, you had some receivers that were available. Peyton Turner, I think, who went to Houston. So yeah, I'm I'm I was surprised as anybody yeah. that they went with Leatherwood I in mean, that spot. Leatherwood six six, three twelve. He's a big guy, he's an imposing figure. But at the you know, he, they switched him from right tack uh, right guard to left left tackle. So maybe they maybe they're thinking that he can do both sides. I'm not sure. Nevertheless, yeah, well, they, that's what yeah, they, they look at versatility. There's no question. I mean, you want to look at where you can move a guy in, in and out of the line, but that's not what the, the, you know, yeah, they need a lot of help on the offensive line, but you need to, you need to hit a homer in that first, in that first Correct. Uh, and, opportunity. And Leatherwood there. in his first, um, he was called for 17 penalties over the last two seasons, tied for the second most in the FBS offensive lineman in that span there you go um i don't know i don't know if he's a project or a plug and play yeah and why would you go for a project first round pick 17th overall why why would anybody do that so must must be a plug and plug and play you would assume but in the second round uh 43rd pick overall they did get uh trevon uh was it morig Safety out of TCU. Yeah. You've watched a little TCU games, didn't you? Yeah, and that was a that, that was good. That yeah. was a good um, drop for them to, to for him to fall into uh, that situation for them because you know a lot of boards had uh, Morig at the top at the top of their boards. Um, you know, I think he was up there above guys like Jamar Johnson, uh, and you know who who fell mightily. I think he was all the way fell all the way to the fifth round. But Jevin Holland, uh, who I think the Dolphins grabbed early in the second round, Richie Grant, uh, the Falcons grabbed early in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think Grant was actually drafted. Those two guys were drafted ahead of Mo Ring. So Mo Rig. So for the Raiders to have him drop there, I think that's a, that was a good good win for them, a small win for them. But what does what doesn't make any sense to me though, Ron, is they then went, I think in the third round, another safety, um, um, Diablo from Virginia Tech. Yeah, safety and then linebacker. In the fourth round, another safety, Gillespie out of Missouri. I mean, what? How many safeties does does Chucky need on the field? Well, he obviously feels that he needs defense because that's all they that's all they picked. Now, I know he needs depth. There's no question they, they needed some defensive depth, but I guess that's an offensive player. They did pick oh. up a seven, a center, Jimmy Morse. Well, and so is Leatherwood. I mean, Leatherwood, their first pick was there for the offensive line, and then they just went all defense in between, which they needed to. I get it. Yeah, corner. They picked up um, Nate Hobbs out of uh, cornerback out of Illinois, fifth round. Yeah, but you know, I, but I, they hit a home run. I think uh, getting uh, Morig absolutely. I mean, he was the he, he was a safety. He was a top ranked center fielder in the draft. He was a Jim Thorpe Award winner at the nation's best defensive back last season. I mean, you've got he's going to work well. You know the 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 Las Vegas Raiders re-signed former first rounder Carl Joseph, and Las Vegas has Jonathan Abram. So 
that that might be a big you know that you might drop this the mic on that one i don't know uh, but there again does it surprise you at all that las vegas makes a questionable first round pick i mean really <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that it's like haven't we been through this before we've been through this many a times and even when i wasn't following the raiders which i'm kind of following the raiders now it's pretty sad yeah. and then you know i mean i was gonna i was just gonna say real quick you know that there was no question that the Raiders needed to help the offensive line and the secondary and and I think linebacker coming into this draft. So that's where you saw a lot of these needs go. And you're right, looking at depth and things like that. Um, that offensive pick in the first pick is just a head scratcher. But beyond that, once you get into um, the secondary, I mean, he again he did get a pretty good pretty good safety there. Yeah, so he did. Which is, you know, something they needed. So it mm-hmm. helps the team. But we'll see. Oh. Uh, you know, something else uh, that we have to mention, too, that uh, d- did they approve the 17th game? I believe so. Yeah, I think, so I think that's official. We should be seeing the Chicago Bears, possibly Justin Fields, out here in Las Vegas yeah, for the last game of the season. That'd be pretty good. Give you no, a it's reason. not necessarily going to be the last game of the season. It could we be. don't have the schedule yet. Oh, yeah. It, it could be. It could be. It could be. No, no. Well, it definitely couldn't be the last game because the last game is always against a division opponent. But that's true. Yeah, that's but true. But we'll have to see. I mean, it, yeah, we've so we've got we've got a, a great, great opportunity there to uh, go watch ourselves a Bears Raiders game. Yep. And uh, then then it'll be a Sunday game and then we can do Sunday night podcast, baby. Live from right from the field, right from we'll the just, field, baby. No problem. We'll have the bikes in the back of the truck. So tell us a little bit more about your Dallas Cowboys. What they do? I did not follow too much of the Dallas Cowboys uh, draft. So, well, I think looking at what they did. So you know, we rated the Bears draft and very high. Both of us, oh, you yeah. know, figure an A. I'm, the Raiders. I, I gave say, them a solid C. I was going to say maybe a C plus, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're in the C. Yeah. So as far as the Cowboys go, I'd say they fall somewhere in the middle, right? Um, I would probably say they probably fall. And they had a lot of picks. They definitely made some moves to to add some some draft uh, picks. I think they had three three third rounders, two fourth rounders. I mean, they had I think ten picks overall. That's a pretty healthy draft, right? Um, they, and you know, in that in that first situation, we talked about that, right? They we they traded back out of number ten to get to twelve, and they gave that tenth pick to the Eagles, who went after a uh, wide receiver. Yeah. Now, part of the reason they did that is because they felt that their guy was going to be there at twelve. Um, they probably I would I wouldn't be surprised if they would have even thought about trading even further back, if necessary. Um, like for example, if a New England came calling after they took the 12th pick or something like that, or somebody came calling for maybe one of those cornerbacks um, to get a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, because they were either going to go after a cornerback, which I thought, but instead they go with uh, Mika Parsons or Micah Parsons uh, out of Penn state. Yeah. Linebacker, um, which, it. which is a little questionable, right? Because, you know, you've got Jalen Smith, you've got, um, uh, what you call Vander Esch uh, is the other guy there, but Lee, but, but Lee was retiring, right? 
Lee is retiring. Yeah. So, you know, could that open up some, but I don't believe, I don't know that Parsons plays the same linebacker position to him. So you might need to still move some chess pieces around, but again, it was definitely, I mean, he was the top linebacker in the, in the class uh, by, by most accounts. Yeah. Um, and with, you know, JC Horn, um, already kind of off the board, I think. And then Patrick Sertain uh, also off the board. That's where I think, you know, we had talked about that, um, where the Cowboys felt, all right, we can move back and get potentially our second pick being Parsons and get some additional draft pick, which they did. Yeah. And that's, I think was, so as far as value, what these guys did, um, definitely made some moves that were in the plus. They did get Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky, who I actually was hoping would fall to the Bears in the third round mm-hmm. um, of my mock draft, but obviously he was a little high, higher on the grades than uh, than even I had him. Um, so that was a good pickup there as well. Um, I think that the other one that uh, they're one of their third round edge uh, players out of Iowa, uh, Chauncey Golston, I think is his name. Uh, he was pre- he's a pretty darn good player as well. You know, he broke out. He broke out with a big season last year. A good run defender, which they need. Um, you know, he doesn't. It, you know, his every play, every down play player in the NFL is he that? I don't know. He doesn't really necessarily have that going for him. But I think when you look at what the Cowboys needed to do, they needed to address the defensive backfield. They did that with Kelvin uh, Kelvin Joseph. Uh, they got um, the kid from Oregon State, Nashawn Wright, later on in the third. So you threw some defensive backs in there. You've got some defensive linemen with Golston, and then I'm not even going to try to pronounce that kid from UCLA. They got Osora, Osora, So Odigizua. There you go. They got him third third round. Yeah, seventy fifth. So Kazoon tight. So again, they the the Cowboys had a need, and it was to to do something about that defense. No question about it. You know they're they're looking forward to getting their you know 135 or 40 million dollar man back and Dak Prescott to get that kind of you know hopefully he's in the same type of quarterback he was before he got hurt because he was on his way to having a a phenomenal season right so they needed to build up that defense and I think they did I mean like I said I did I do I give them an A like I gave the Bears or a C like the Raiders no I think they fall somewhere in the middle um, with what they. Uh, with what they got um, as I'm far as value maybe, and everything. Yeah, I'm thinking value and stuff. I think maybe a B plus for them. Oh, you're going to give them a plus on that, huh? Maybe a plus. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Dallas had a ton of picks. Yeah, they did. Like, they did. And they picked up that that kid, Jabral Cox. From out, from uh, LSU. From LSU. That was, that was a good pickup. That was a good pickup. And how does that not get you a plus? I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I just... I don't know. I just I feel it's a B that they're they're a solid B for me. I mean, I hate the Cowboys, so really I think I should give them an F. No, I'm kidding. I don't hate the Cowboys, but <laughs> yes, no. I, I what's that? They did pick up. Did you see that wide receiver they picked up in the fifth round? Semi Fahoko from Stanford. Yeah. Semi. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see too much on him, but um, actually that that. I, I didn't want to talk about it because I can't pronounce his name, but that Oda Guzuzu from UCLA. Yeah, he was first team um, All American. He was, yeah, he was actually a pretty good, pretty good player, and I think that they've they're excited about him and where he um, 
you know, where he ranked on, on the defensive, uh, on the defensive uh, line. So I think that they're, again, they went strong on defense and I think they did well. Yeah. I mean, you also, they also picked up, um, what is that? Quint- Quinton Bohana, 192nd pick in round six, defensive tackle out of Kentucky. I'm just yeah. uh, kind of scanning through here. I mean, they had a pile of picks, dude. Uh, no, Israel uh, Mukauga-ma, <laughs> uh, six-round pick, number 227, cornerback. I think they all they won all defense. To be honest with you, yeah, they did. And I and I don't. Well, they picked up that one wide reason receiver. I don't, yeah, yeah. And part of the reason I didn't give. I mean, I think they could have done a little bit better in that from the defensive line standpoint. I and mean, when they were picking in that third round, and they took Osa from UCLA, um, I believe Bobby Brown was still on the board. Texas A and M. Um, that kid's a beast. Uh, I think uh, Jay Toofley also, because I don't think he went till early in the fourth round at the Jaguars, you know, USC um, defensive tackle. He was also available. He did, yeah, 106. He was fourth yeah, round. and so they passed on him for Osa. Uh, you know, maybe it's because he was a senior and these these other guys were underclassmen. I don't know. Bobby uh, Brown dropped farther back. He was 117. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think there were some others that were available that probably could have been um, – a better pick for the Cowboys in that position. So what about Tyler we'll see. Shelvin from LSU? Um, that guy's yeah. A, that guy's Who'd a, he go? Bengals, I think, right? Yeah, Bengals got him. Yeah. That's a big boy. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one. I mean, it's so this is, this is one of the, I mean, this was a year that uh, there was some, there was some positions that stood above all others. Offensive line was definitely one of them. Like you could find an offensive lineman late in the draft. Um, it was real top heavy on the quarterback at the front end, right? That's why there's so many pushes for that. But wide receiver, I mean, there was just so many. You got, you know, look at the wide receivers. You got Jamar Chase being reunited with with uh, um, Burrow in Cincinnati. Yeah. So he gets his his buddy. You got Jalen Waddle being reunited with uh, Tua. Tagli Viola. There was a lot. Miami, you know, it's funny Dolphins. you mentioned that. There was a lot of teams that got their teammates in. Yeah, yeah. That I thought was really interesting, especially with mm-hmm. Jacksonville going, um, going Clemson. The what? They're Clemson out of uh, for, obviously uh, Tre- Trevor Lawrence, and then they mm-hmm. pick Clemson again in in the somewhere. Where do they pick him at? Oh, they did Georgia. Did they have another pick in the first round? They they did, and they picked up Travis um, Travis. Oh, was that e, uh, Etienne? I think that was the oh, running yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. from Clemson. So they got his Etienne. Etienne, that's it. Yeah, and they yeah. got his, his running back. Yeah, I mean that's got you got to feel pretty good about that. The question yeah. is, is it really going to pan out well though? Just because they played you know, Clemson and they played well together, you know, who knows what their O line's gonna be. Is is Etienne gonna be, you know, worth the mm-hmm. second pick over you know, second pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the twenty fifth spot. I don't know. We got we got all kinds of stuff this uh this podcast though, just talking straight up draft today, baby. <laughs> I, I will say I got to give some love out. I got to give some love out to Notre Dame, though. Um, uh, there's a couple of guys who I think were picked well below where they should have been, and 
Okay. Um, so definitely, and we actually, yeah, I know you and I were talking about him. Is uh, Awusu Koromawa, that linebacker that the Cleveland Browns got, dropped all the way into the twentieth round. He was first rated or the twentieth pick of the second round. He was first round talent, man. Very versatile. He's got explosive, explosive playmaking abilities. Yeah. Um, his biggest thing was his lack of size, man. You know, he's kind of in the middle of that. You know, he's kind of a safety slash linebacker. You know, sort of the the opposite of what Erlacher was, right? Erlacher was a safety in college, but then you know had the body of a linebacker. Yeah. This guy's kind of the other direction, right? He's, he just doesn't have the the mass that you would think a linebacker should have. Um, and he doesn't necessarily even have, he doesn't necessarily have the, the smarts of that, but he's so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, his lateral back from one side to the other is just phenomenal, right? I mean, his speed and everything else. And for him to slip down um, and for the Browns to snag a guy of that caliber yeah, late he, in the second round. His 2020 Buckus Award winner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he's a great, great player, you know, but he's only like 6'1 or something, and he's, you know, only... 220 pounds. Big. Well, yeah. there were some other so Notre Dame players that went before him, though. Liam Eichenberg. Yeah, the tackle. No, no, I'm just talking about guys who I didn't, th- you know, that I th- wanted to and give it, some love. No, that no, I, think I understand. They, but I'm saying, yeah. was Liam better than this Jeremiah? Uh, Jeremy? Is Jeremiah? Well, he's a good, he's a good, he's definitely a good offensive tackle. There's no question about it. And he went to, he went where he probably should have gone from a needs perspective. And then the other Notre Dame, Aaron Banks. Mm-hmm. He's he's the original OG. <laughs> I mean, well, those the other two. One, the other so one I was what I'm asking was, you is those two though better just as players go, not draft wise, just players better than Jeremiah. Or do you just think that Jeremiah, for some weird reason? Well, I'm talking about where I felt that he was going to be drafted. I mean, correct. I, You're I, saying he yeah. should have been higher up, which means he should have been the first Notre Dame player drafted. Out not of- necess- not necessarily because you know the Eichenberg is going to be. You, you know, some of this is also going to be need. I mean, uh, Owasu Koromara was arguably the second best linebacker available. Got it. Okay, he went. Behind Zaven Collins, uh, we're talking about like for like now. He went behind Zaven Collins, who I think was taken somewhere in the mid sixteen by Arizona. He's sixteen okay. by Arizona. And then Jamin Davis, who Washington 19. eventually took. Yep. Right. So and those Mika two guys Parsons. going ahead of him, and I had him ranked higher than those two. Right. So and a lot of boards did as well. So that's what I mean from that aspect. When you see a guy like that, it's not necessarily whether the other guy on the team is better. Got it. It's where does he fit in that? Who drafted a linebacker ahead of them, right? You know, they had those guys ranked a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, same thing with like um, their tight end, Tommy Tremble. Now he doesn't have the stats from a tight end perspective. He's a monster blocker. I mean, the Carolina Panthers. This is a position where they've got when they're running that two tight end set and they're trying to get time for McCaffrey to you know get find some lanes for him to run in. This is where Tremble is going to come into play. I think he was a monster pickup in the third round. Um, you know, it's somebody the Steelers maybe could have looked at when, you know, who, again, they need some offensive line help, no question. 
you know, and, and I know tight end is not offensive line, but you want some tight end players in there that can block as well. Yeah. Trembles that guy. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh went a different direction. They took a, a Friar Muth from Penn state. Totally get it. But I think Carolina is going to like what they got with this, with, with Tommy Tremble and with the right coaching staff. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be in a situation where, uh, he's going to play real well for them. So I just had to give some love out to my Notre Dame boys. That those are two guys that I felt got a little undervalued, um, but the, their team's got some steals on them. Oh, so that's okay. my two cents. No, I like it. So, and uh, now this this week I, we didn't really talk about who the smack's going to be. Do, do we have do we have a smack wagon? Well, I think you know. So we t- so we're all this was all about the draft, the Chicago Bears, and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys. Let the music finish. Okay. So to me, I think the smack wagon is going to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, you know, we talked some smack. We talked some smack about them. And we're going to see. We're going to see what happens this year to see if we're right or we're wrong. Um, You know, because... You know, obviously, like I mentioned in earlier when I was talking about some of these guys, you know, I do watch a lot of college football, but I'm not looking at the offensive linemen. Although I have to tell you, I think I'm going to change the way I watch these games here going forward. Yeah. You know, just so I can, you know, so I can really understand, you know, and be able to speak to some of these offensive linemen and stuff like that. So, um, but anyway, so they need they definitely needed help and but we'll see did did chucky see something inside and and the the gm out there see something inside this kid that made him a first round talent when nobody else did i guess we'll find out well, and what, maybe we'll maybe all of us will be wrong but he gets a smack back what's interesting though is i when i was looking at the um the war room i didn't see chucky in there unless he was hiding behind that's because he got run over by the smack wagon. <laughs> the table. I didn't see him in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've had we've had our our moments. We didn't really talk about much of baseball or any other sport today, but we'll have to catch back up on that on next week's podcast. Oh, for, this was all about the draft this week. All about the draft. for sure. So you've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit us our, on our website at Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MM Couch Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening, Potato Heads. Andy Dalton, what are you going to do?